Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Second Wife Life. I am your host, Carly Tate Williams, and thank you for listening in. So, what are we talking about today? I received a great suggestion from a listener after the first episode went live. This topic comes from a fellow bonus mama and actually one of my childhood friends, Josie. Many summer nights and weekends were spent at her house with her older sister, some of my favorite memories as a child. She has one of the most welcoming families and the kind of parents that made you feel so comfortable and like you were at home yourself. So shout out to you, Josie. Thank you for bringing this topic to my attention. Boundaries can be a huge issue when it comes to blended families. What exactly is my role? I think this is the biggest question most bonus parents ask themselves. When a child has two biological parents that care for them, it can be very challenging for the bonus parent to feel comfortable stepping in or even stepping out and finding their own role within the second family. The first boundary I want to touch on is discipline. Now, how you personally handle this in your own household may differ from us, and that's okay. You have to find what works for you and your spouse and your kids. And a lot of this will depend on who spends the most time with them and everyone's work schedule. For us, this has changed over time. When my husband and I were first married, we both worked pretty much the same long hours. Lucky for us, childcare has always been a family member. Thank you, mom, and thank you to my Mima, who is no longer with us as of the last six months. But she deserves major brownie points for always being my number one backup if my mom's plans suddenly changed or she was sick. So in the beginning, I did not have to do much disciplining since we were both off on the same day during the week and were pretty much home at the same time at night. Of course, I refereed the normal sibling fights and all of that. But if any issues did arise, I would deflect these to my husband if my bonus son was involved. Anything besides a timeout was handled by his dad. Things have changed the last year and a half since I became a stay-at-home mom. And Drew's stepmom actually gave me the best advice once this happened. She was a stay-at-home mom with my husband and his little brother when they were younger and living at their house. She said the worst thing that she did was that if the boys needed to be disciplined while my husband's dad was gone at work, she would say, you boys just wait until your dad gets home. And this opened the door to the boys not listening to her like they should because she deflected everything to her husband. Which, for the stay-at-home moms out there, that sounds like a nightmare because I can't imagine my kids not listening to me just because their dad wasn't home. So what do we do with two blended kiddos? We pretty much each discipline our own child accordingly. I can handle things like, you know, timeouts or a heart-to-heart conversation about why something happened and, and why did you say this certain thing? Why did you react like that? Or even say taking something away, like taking away electronics for the rest of the day or a certain toy. Anything other than that, it is left up to the respective parents for the more serious disciplining. And that's the same with Kane and my husband. I would say discipline is the easy boundary. I don't really struggle with disciplining my bonus son. He is a really good kid for the most part anyways, so... There's not much heavy disciplining in this house, I will say. And if there is, it's more with <laughs> it's more with my son. So, discipline is the easy boundary. I don't feel like I'm ever, I don't want to say tempted to like cross a line because it's our house and we have certain rules. And if you don't follow the rule, there is a consequence. So this is the easier boundary for me, but I, I'm sure 
And I can imagine it's not the easiest boundary for other people. But the second boundary, and I'm going to talk about three. So the second boundary and the third boundary are more difficult for me. So the second boundary is finding your place in the school zone. Let's use parent-teacher conference, for example. So with my son, my husband comes with me to his his parent-teacher conferences, and he truly adds value to our conference because he weighs in and gives his opinion on my son and different things that he's going through. Now, my son's dad is also offered to come with us or have his own conference, but since he lives farther away, it hasn't been convenient for him to come to one yet, and I'm able to relay all the information to him. It's not groundbreaking stuff in kindergarten, (laughs) and our son's a great kid. Here's a positive for you, not related to parent-teacher conferences, but it has to do with coaching. As I've said in previous episodes, um, or maybe I haven't come right out and said this, actually, but I'm sure it can be eluded. My ex was not welcoming of my husband at first, but he is now. So here's the positive, and it's another wrestling example. There's probably so many wrestling examples just because... We just got done with it, and all these examples are still fresh in my mind. But my son's dad was a wrestler, and he would make it to practices when he could. And of course, he will coach my son when he's at his house to reinforce what he's learned at practice and and do different drills with him. But if he wasn't there, I would send him videos of Kane. And he would tell me, hey, tell Drew to work on this with Kane or have Drew work with Kane on on this certain thing. And again, this is a true miracle, people. And all of the credit goes to prayers right there. Prayer really does work. And my co-parenting situation is cold, hard proof, okay? It makes me so freaking happy that Kane's dad can now value Drew's abilities and feel enough trust in him to not be bothered by him teaching our son things. It makes my mama heart very happy. So parent-teacher conferences, um, my husband's boundary, I don't think he feels concerned with one just because my son's dad has also, you know, offered his own time. And there's just not that much information to be relayed. And Drew adds important information to the parent-teacher conference. So that part of it is easy for us. Now, for my bonus son, it is a bit different. For example, when COVID happened, um, you know, I was the one previously who was in charge of doing like virtual days when the world decided to shut down and they went completely online for his first grade year. I honestly was left in the dark and had truly no idea what was going on and I felt really, really uncomfortable. I had partial information and this was not helpful to my bonus son one bit. So why is it? That even though I was the parent in charge of his schooling when he was at our house at the time, I felt like I was overstepping reaching out to his teacher for help. Why did I feel like that? I don't know why I did, but let me tell you, it's a bad feeling. So now we learned our lesson. My husband makes a separate parent-teacher conference that we attend together just to prevent any of these issues from happening. We need our own information and our own relationship with his teacher just to prevent any problems from arising because of us not having full information on what to do, you know, on, on things like that. I hope the world never shuts down again like that, but you never know. And this applies to different situations too. Like, you know, they have Chromebooks that they go home with. And if we weren't handed the information and had to hear it through someone else, just like the game telephone, like you don't ever get the full story, you know? So 
Getting information straight from the source is crucial, especially for me and for my husband, so I'm not bothering him saying I don't have all the information and I don't know what the freak I'm doing. (laughs) But that boundary is still hard. I don't want to step on anyone's toes or make anyone feel uncomfortable or make the teacher feel uncomfortable. It's just hard. And I would never want my bonus son's mom to feel like I was overstepping any boundaries. Anything I do, my intentions are pure, and I just want to set my bonus son up for success. But the mental battle of this is still hard. So I guess my biggest struggle with the school boundary is I just don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable because I'm present. Even though, because I am a stay-at-home mom with school things when my husband's at work, I am the one in charge. So it's silly for me to feel like I'm overstepping because I need critical information. So that's one thing I'm working on. But it is just a tough boundary. You don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And to flow into my third topic, they kind of go hand in hand with extracurricular activities. Over the last year, I have been in charge of signups for sports. It's easy. I'm doing it for my son and my bonus son at the same time. Luckily, right now, they both want to do the same two sports. If the time comes where they ever switch, I honestly dread the day if we're running around, year-round, split up, doing different sports or activities. But I know it's probably coming one day. But when filling out the sports forms, there are multiple boxes for parents' information, which is great. But it's typically just two spots. So for my bonus son, I, of course, always put his dad and his bio mom as the two contacts. And my husband just relays information to me about practices, field numbers, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, for my own son, his dad and I receive that information. But I feel like sports signups, for example, since there's only two contact boxes, these are those situations where you feel like you're good enough until you suddenly aren't. I am the one that takes him to practice on our days with him because his dad is still at work and then his dad joins us 15 minutes or so in. I'm the one that dresses him for games and shows up on time ready to go. With the right color jersey, I might add, there's two jerseys. There's a white one and a navy one. And sometimes the colors get switched last minute. I mean, it's not hard to get information from my husband, but sometimes things change last minute like the jersey color or he forgets to tell me what field their game is on. I'm sure you can imagine the different scenarios here. But if he's at work and I'm trying to get him to text me back or even check his phone where I can see that he read my text or answer my call while he's at work. It's just not the most convenient thing, especially when you are pressed for time and need to know this critical information. All this to say, I feel like this is just a prime example of one of the feelings that I'm sure many bonus moms out there feel. You're important enough to do some things, but not important enough for others. It stinks, but that's our reality, right? And let me just give a little shout out to all the schools and all the other organizations that give more than two freaking contact boxes per child. Because this day and age, I feel like, I don't know the statistics on this, of course, but I feel like there's a ton of kids out there that do have bonus parents or live in two different homes and have more than two people that provide and take care of them. So there needs to be more than two boxes. I'm just saying. Shout out to all of the organizations out there that give us more than two boxes. Thank you for helping all of us bonus parents feel just a little more validated. So here's another boundary that was pointed out to me that I hadn't previously really thought of. So what if 
let's take everyday health issues and like normal doctor's appointments. What if the mom or the dad just isn't playing involved in any of these things? And now let's take it a step farther. What if it wasn't just about sports, but about more pressing issues like making doctor's appointments and dentist appointments, even haircut appointments? What would you do in this situation? You want your bonus child well cared for. So to have a parent be neglectful in these everyday health concerns, even if there's not concerns, but going to the dentist every six months needs to happen. Or, you know, your children's well checkups or whatever they're called. So if this was me where the bio parent didn't take the initiative and if things aren't getting done just because the bio parent doesn't take the initiative, I would have my husband make the appointments. And in my case, I would be the one taking my bonus child to that said appointment. The perspective that I received was similar to this. The bio mom doesn't take the initiative to make the appointments, so the set mom does. And then when the bio mom finds out, she's upset. I would put this on my husband as it's his responsibility. If it's a school parent-teacher conference, have your husband, or let's be real, you make the appointment with the teacher. (laughs) Make the appointment at a time that works, and even better if you know you can make it for a time that works for the other bio parent too. Then have your husband reach out to their respective co-parent And just say something simple like, hey, just wanted to let you know, I saw schedules for parent-teacher conferences, came out today, I made an appointment on such and such date. If you can't make it the same time as us, the teacher said you can make your own schedule time as well. But I would have your husband do the communicating if it's a problem and there's any issues between, you know, the bio mom and the bonus mom. Same with doctor's appointments, especially if they aren't getting the needed dental cleanings. If their health is compromised, Someone can just get upset and get their feelings hurt if they don't take the initiative to make them. But if bio mom gets upset because you're involved, you need to just put it on your husband. It's his responsibility. Whatever your situation might be, boundaries can be really freaking hard. It's just really hard feeling like a, quote, real parent most of the time until certain situations come up and then you're swiftly reminded that you are not, in fact, their parent. That is the bonus mom reality, though, and that's okay. We know we are loved. The kids also don't take notice of these things. All I know is that they're being taken care of accordingly. That right there should always bring you back down to an even keel. As long as our bonus babies are happy and taken care of, we should also be happy. Even when it's hard for us to refrain from being super, super involved sometimes. And then there is always yet another aspect of stepmotherhood. What about dealing with your bonus child's other bonus parent if the bio parent is remarried. In a perfect world, you would all four be one happy super team. Many times, this just adds one more different personality to the mix and one more set of values and opinions that most likely differ from your own and differ from your spouse's. In my humble opinion, when it comes to like immediate matters of your bonus child, I think the bio parent should seek counsel and ask the opinion of their spouse, of the bonus parent to the child. See what they think, get their opinion. But when it's more serious matters, us as bonus parents, our opinions truly may be irrelevant. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. But I think it's important that we do remember that very serious matters or more important matters um, really need to be left up to both of the child's biological parents to decide. 
and that's on both sides of the spectrum, okay? So, for example, if my bonus son, say he had something going on that needed to be addressed, yeah, my husband can ask my opinion on what I think, and his mom can ask his stepdad's opinion on what he thinks. But when you have four different opinions rolling around, it can be really hard to come to an agreement and everyone be happy. And if that's the case, even on unimportant issues, I guess, the bonus parents need to step back and let the two bio parents do the parenting. Now, you may be thinking, Carly, didn't you just talk about wanting to be more involved and now you're saying bonus parents' feelings and opinions don't matter? Yep. And that right there, in a nutshell, is step parent life. There is such a fine line with every single issue. Our lives are not easy, y'all. Hence, why I started this podcast in the first place. To bring awareness to these feelings and complex situations and foster new conversations that bring encouragement and hope to these difficult times in stepmotherhood. I had dinner with some friends last week. We are all three from very different backgrounds, and we all grew up with vastly different experiences. But at the same time, we also have so much in common. Even our experiences now, even though they are not the same, there's still that connection that you find with people and the similar moments in your life. What I assumed would maybe be a two-hour dinner turned into a four-and-a-half-hour dinner, but it honestly felt like 30 minutes. And aren't those the best types of friendships? One important thing we touched on towards the end of our night was that everyone you meet is always going through something or struggling with something. Even if they seem like they're in a great place, we truly do not know what others are dealing with on a daily basis. In relation to stepmotherhood and blended families, this is so important to remember and always keep in the forefront of your mind. If a situation comes up, even something minor, let's just say you received a text from your respective co-parent, and this could be on either side from your bonus child's bio-parent, or if you're like me, you know, your ex. So let's say you get a text or response to something that you said or mentioned, and the response back to you was unkind or short and defensive or argumentative. But you know, whatever you said bothered them for some reason. I encourage you to take a step back before you respond and remember that we don't know what's going on in their head and what experiences they have been through to choose to react in an unfavorable way. Don't just assume the worst. We are called to be peacemakers. And once I made the conscious decision to live my life with this mindset every single day, no matter the situation, things got better. Choosing to not react negatively to the negative. Just like my parents always said, two wrongs don't make a right. It's still true today as a parent and as a bonus parent. Even if someone is not treating you the way that you deserve to be treated, Nothing bad is going to happen if you turn the other cheek and treat them respectfully and treat them the way you want to be treated, even if you're not getting that back. And with time, if you continue to treat them how you want to be treated, I truly, truly think that things will change for the better. You just need to give it time and stay consistent. To wrap up this episode, I did want to touch on one other point that has been on my mind. When I came up with the name of this podcast, Second Wife Life, I really only thought about it from one perspective. And that perspective was, of course, being a bonus parent and being my husband's second wife. But there's really two meanings to the Second Wife Life podcast name. And the second meaning 
comes in because I am also a wife for the second time. I have five years experience now in the co-parenting department. I've learned so much these last five years. I've made mistakes, I've grown, and I've been handed a lot of crap the last five years. And I'm truly proud of where I'm at today and everything that I have overcome. I truly hope I'm able to give some valuable information from my experiences so far. Being a co-parent on either side of the playing field is tough. As the bonus parent or as the bio parent to your child dealing with your ex-spouse. Our dynamic is actually going through a change right now on both sides. And although change is scary because the unknown is scary, I am now confident in the skills I have built the last five years that have prepared me for anything at this point. So while I may not be an expert, being a co-parent and also a bonus parent gives you a lot of insight on all of the many issues that arise when you live in a blended family. So again, boundaries are hard. Finding your place within these boundaries is even harder. But don't give up. You might not get it right the first time, but we learn through our mistakes and through our failures. Each of us is different in what we can handle and how involved each of us can be. If you're currently struggling with a specific boundary, I encourage you to sit down and speak with your spouse about it. And be confident in who you are. Your personal strengths add value to your family. So find the best place for these strengths to shine and fit in where they are most needed. If no one has told you lately, you are important, you matter, and you are an irreplaceable piece to your individual family's puzzle. So let's do a little challenge for this week. If you are one that is struggling with unkind responses or unkind situations or anything that you would like to see change because part of your life is filled with maybe some hate or just unfavorable attitudes of any sort. Let's just put it that way. I challenge you to not respond how you first initially want to respond and take a moment to collect yourself before you do respond and respond with kindness and see how much your situation starts to change. So with this challenge, if you are struggling with something and you start to implement this and you see a change, please message me. I would love, love, love to hear your story and be able to share just some more positive outcomes because I feel like we all need to know that there is hope out there for any given situation. All of our situations are very different, but can also be very similar at the same time. So Hearing positive stories and positive outcomes are great for all of us, and I love hearing from you guys. So let's be the change that we want to see in our own co-parenting relationships, whether that be with your spouse's ex or with your own ex or with your own ex's significant other. There's a lot of different situations that can come out of co-parenting relationships. But if you're wanting to see a change in how you are treated, let's start with how you are treating and responding to that other person first. Well, that ends episode three. This one was just a little shorter. So I hope everyone has a great day and I will talk to you next time.